0: Hello, welcome to Wire People Into That Live! <laughs> Fantastic. So, Wire People Into That Live is a new series that is every month here at the Pleasure Chest. I'm just gonna go ahead and say right off the bat that the next one is December 7th, and my guest is gonna be Barbara Corrales, who is a Tantra expert and just an all around amazing lady. So, mark your calendars, uh, come for that. And so the live series is new, but the podcast has been around for over four years. So why are people into that? It's a podcast that you can subscribe to on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope if you don't already that you do and that you spread the word about it. And I'm Tina Horn. I am the host and producer and creator. And I it's me. I do why are people into that? Every episode I have a different guest, and the guest and I choose a topic. Of sex, kink, gender, and/or love, and then we ask the title question: Why are people into that? It is raunchy and sexy. Lots of sexy personal stories. Educational, often very political, unapologetically so, and uh, and 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 fun and funny. I think in general, and so it seemed like a really great fit to do here at the Pleasure Chest. I'll let Ryan talk a little bit about the Pleasure Chest's history, and a little more about what you guys are gonna get uh, from being here tonight, but this is a a really great, exciting partnership for me, and the most exciting part of the partnership is that since you're here at this event, you get 15% off any shopping that you do tonight, and the store is open till midnight. And there are amazing folks who are working here who can help you find exactly the butt plug that you need or the lube that you need that like won't stain your whatever you know. So um, so I, I highly recommend that you do that. Don't stain your whatever. <laughs> so uh, if you want to follow along on the internet live tweet or post anything. Are you guys okay with pictures? It's a little yeah. dark, I guess, but yeah. you guys are okay with pictures. Mm-hmm. So if you if you, you want to follow along, my come on in, grab a seat. Uh, I'm Tina Horns Ass on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and Lucy and, and Ryan will tell you what their handles are on the internet and where you can find them. And with, so without further ado, I want to introduce my panel today. I was saying that with this kind of table, I feel like... I'm at, like, an academic conference, which is super pervy, and so I'm I'm really excited about tonight because when I asked Lucy to be my guest expert, I realized that we should probably have this month's theme be the dominatrix, and I say the dominatrix because any plural of dominatrix is just really hard to say, so... So hard. (laughs) The dominatrix. Uh <laughs> and so tonight Lucy Sweetkill and Ryan from the Pleasure Chest and I are going to talk about all kinds of topics related to kink, BDSM, fetishism, you know, all of the all of the really dark, naughty, nasty dirty stuff that I feel like some people here might already know a thing or two about but hopefully (laughs) we'll explore it in a way that will blow all of your minds so I would love for Lucy to introduce herself to the microphone and everyone listening at home oh and by the way we are recording this and it is going to be on the wire people into that podcast feed so you can listen to it and experience it Again, so mm-hmm. without further ado, Lucy, would you like to introduce yourself and tell the sure. nice people what the fuck your deal is? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, um, I'm Lucy Sweetko. I am a dominatrix. The dominatrix. The dominatrix. <laughs> yeah, dominas.
0: Is, that's that's my easy term. Dominatrixes is really hard. What's the difference between a domina and a dominatrix? It, nothing. <laughs> it's a marketing term. It's an easier <laughs> word
2: for us. <laughs> um, I've been a pro-dom for almost eight years now. I started a company about two and a half years ago with my domino wifey, uh, Miss Dia Dynasty, called La Maison de Rouge, which is basically a you know, sex positive brand trying to educate, help educate, help demystify and normalize BDSM and kink. And also help build a better pro dom community as well and also help educate those on sex work.
0: I think you're doing a great job.
2: Well, thank you. And
0: that's part of uh, how we came together. Yes. What,
2: where did we meet? We again? met
0: at the um, the meetup that was sort of more about like oh, sex yeah. magic and sex magic and meetup. rituals, <laughs> you know, just like on you a know. Thursday.
2: You know like the today. usual <laughs> sex <laughs> magic meetup.
0: <laughs> you know that one. Yeah. And then yeah, and you do a Periscope every Monday on La Maison du Rouge's... Periscope. Yeah, so we Twitter. do, yeah. yeah,
2: so we basically do a Periscope every Monday, which is, basically a live uh, visual podcast and that's every Monday 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and we interview different people in the you know whether it's other doms or anyone who's in kind of the kink and BDSM community whether that's performers artists and we will also kind of you know cover lots of kink consent. We'll sometimes do demos. We're not allowed to do certain demos. We have been kicked off <laughs> a few times for certain demos. So we, don't, Twitter. so we don't do those anymore. I've had to fight for our account at least on three occasions. What was
0: the, de- what was the demo that got you kicked off of Periscope?
2: Corporal punishment. <laughs> yeah. Is that the best they can do? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Every single time it's been corporal punishment. Interesting.
0: Well, we're we'll not get supposed to
2: beat white men in on um, live
0: <laughs> broadcasts. Supposed, <to. laughs> supposed to. Well, we'll get into why that might be. What, you know, what why people are into that, what the stigma is around it, the yeah. misunderstandings, how to tell how to tell the difference between exciting consensual corporal punishment scenes that you broadcast on the internet versus <laughs> versus <laughs> assault or whatever it is that they're afraid of. So. Yeah, I I
2: said, this is consensual. But then we still got shut down.
0: (laughs) Well. Sex workers problem, hashtag. Very true, (laughs) very true. Well, we could get caught up in sex worker problems uh, all day, but maybe we'll come back to that. But first, I would love for Ryan from the Pleasure Chest. From the Pleasure Chest is Ryan's last name. (laughs) to introduce themselves.
1: Um, Thanks, Tina. Yeah, I'm Ryan from The Pleasure Chest. Um, More specifically, I am the outreach manager here at The Pleasure Chest New York, which means that I do our events coordination and um, curate our workshop offerings. So if you're not familiar with The Pleasure Chest, we've been around since 1971. We're one of the oldest sex-positive, queer-owned and operated sex toy stores in the country. Um, (laughs) And yeah, yeah, man. Um, and we make it our mission to make um, sex education information about your wellness in a, a pleasure-based approach accessible to everyone. And we do that through our weekly free workshop program. So every Wednesday night at the Pleasure Test, you can come here and come to a class for free and learn about something um, Something to do with your body or somebody else's body Some
0: things for example (laughs) Um,
1: Well last night we had a rough sex class Um, we recently had a tantra class my personal favorite thing to teach about is fisting Mm. um, or sponge play Um, it's a it's a really wide uh, wide scope of topics and I really enjoy like taking the feedback from the people who come here and finding the right person to teach the people like what they want to know um but i'm really appreciative of this space that we hold here to like have these kinds of events and have um education and bring people together to have these conversations so that's what we do at the pleasure chest Um, we have two locations in new york one in the west village and the one you're at here on the upper east side we also have two in chicago and one in l.a Um, all of our uh, locations offer free workshops we've been doing it since the early 90s and we will continue onward against all odds and you know, one of the things that I that I just always like to reiterate that I really love about the Pleasure test is that they don't just, or we, we to the best of our ability, I think, as everyone does, don't just talk this talk about being queer and radical and in the way that we operate. But um, my sort of origins here are. Um, my, my background is as a stripper and a professional switch, um, and doing various iterations of sex work and the pleasure chest hired me when I was 21 years old and nine months pregnant and couldn't get a job and was like, Hey, you have valuable experience that like makes sense in this space. Um, and I have grown here and now I get to have a hand in the kind of offerings that we have to other people. And I think that's really special
0: fucking love that story that's amazing yeah i i agree i pleasure chest is one of the companies that i have worked with where my background as a sex worker is an asset not something that i have to try to spin uh and the mental health relief of that is incalculable so on that note here's how wire people into that live is going to work I have this list of filthy topics. I mean, honestly, my notebook often looks like this, just like a just like a list that includes like fisting and Jenna torture and stuff. So,
2: if you lost that notebook, it'd be amazing. Yes.
0: Yeah. Whoever <laughs> picked it up. <laughs> maybe I should maybe I should make notebooks and just like leave them all over but town and you
2: have to put your name and please return to
0: and see yeah, or just like bestow them upon the community but I, I need this one I need this one <laughs> I hope not to lose it but so basically I am going to mention a topic and in an hour hour and a half we'll we'll probably get through maybe about half a dozen topics, depending on how much we go on about each one. And then in the end, there's gonna be space for you all to suggest topics. So if there's a topic that you have never understood and you've always wanted to have explained or explored, or if there's a topic that you just really love hearing babes talk about, that you feel like you know everything that there is to know, but still having babes talk about it is a great way to spend a Thursday, then you can also suggest that. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so start thinking about that now. You'll have a little bit of time. And, oh, and, and on that note, one thing that I wanna say is that this is recorded, so if you wanna ask a question or make a comment or anything like that, but you don't want me to include your voice, then just say that in the beginning. I'm the person who edits this, so if you say, I'd like to ask a question, can you please edit this out? And then your voice will be edited out. Make sense? Sound good? Cool, consent. Yeah, oh, what was that? (laughs) Fantastic. So I'm gonna start with a softball, something really broad, but also myriad, that can go in, in so many different ways that I really wanna hear both of my guests talk about, which is, why are people into bondage? Do you want to start, Lucy? Yeah. Well. <coughs> do you know anything about that?
2: Zero. <laughs> None <laughs> at all. Barely do it. Um, I would say most people, I think bondage is sort of the gateway into kink mm. in a lot of ways, whether it's rope or handcuffs. I think that's a common, you know, you hear about, you know, your parents may have had handcuffs, you mm. may have come across them and you see them on, you know, in the media. I think bondage is is very simple. You know, visually it's control. Right. You know, you're taking away control in a very visceral way compared to anything else by just locking somebody up or putting them in a place where they can't move and someone has the key or someone has to take you out. And that's kind of an instant way to feel that power dynamic right away.
0: What's your favorite kind of bondage to
2: do? I like heavy metal bondage. Like, I used to do rope, but now I'm kind of like, eh. (laughs) Like, I want you to not feel like you could get away at all. I want, like, a hundred locks. I want to chain you down. And I want it to feel like you are a complete prisoner. That, for me, is, like, real very real because you can't like with rope you can maybe twist yourself out but when you do heavy bondage with chains and locks and all of that there's unless you can somehow pick a lock uh, some way there's no way of getting out and that is like a an intense form of like power play
0: cool (laughs) (laughs) what about you ryan
1: um well as someone who enjoys being on both uh, both ends of the rope, or whatever you wanna you wanna say? Um, as a as a top, I really enjoy the the privilege of trust that somebody is giving to you when they allow you to like immobilize them in some way, and the like. Lucy was saying the control um, and on the flip side of that what i find really um liberating and pleasant about bondage is the alleviation of responsibility to look good especially if you're someone who embodies or who lives in a body that is expected to always look presentable in certain ways like you're a femme identified person perhaps um there's a lot of pressure that kind of can sneak into your sex life i think to look um Sexy all the time and one of the great things about bondage is that you can't be responsible for that because you can't move um, And that allows you to really focus on the experience that you're having and the sensations that you're feeling in a way that you might be distracted from um, Otherwise, so I find it to be a really yeah, a really freeing experience um, ironically in that sense mm. um, And my favorite kind of bondage is mummification with plastic wrap. Um, I love <laughs> That feeling of like complete like enclosure and immobility, but the ability to really see everybody's like bits all squished up and Mm -hmm. then to like cut them loose like one nipple at a time and have really precise kind of access and stimulation at the same time as they're um, really enveloped in something. I find that super, super fun.
0: What is a toy or a kind of gear that is sold upstairs? Right now, here at the Pleasure Chest, that you would recommend to somebody who came in that thought they had seen it all when it came to bondage.
1: Oh gosh, I thought they had seen it all. Well, you know, it's always a challenge to prove someone who is who is a uh, more professional professional than I am um, once <laughs> they get in here. Um, but I. I mean, my first instinct is to challenge someone to take something that's not intended to be used as an item for bondage, or not intended to be used in a particular way, and find a way. Um, actually, my favorite, one of my favorite bondage toys is this little external vibrator that we have that has um, an ambient sound feature. So once it's bound to somebody's body or tied against their genitals, the sound of them screaming as you beat them, or the sound of like you just like commanding it with your voice we will make it go off. And so you can, I'm I'm really into like layering sensations to build people up for long um, sessions of play. And I find that like incorporating an erotic element like that is really helpful. So I would say like, oh, okay, you already have the rope and you already have the bondage tape and you already have the spreader bar and you already have the under the bed restraint system. Well, what about this thing? What about this like, and there are so many different toys now that we live in the new age that have that feature I'm like okay well what about incorporating this into your bondage scenario that
0: actually that kind of makes it predicament bondage right because if you don't want the vibrator to vibrate then you have to stay quiet but if things are being done to you where you can't stay quiet then you're creating your own torture you see how that works (laughs) So cute.
2: Yeah, predicament bondage is always fun. I love um, we have a portable electrical device so you can tape it onto someone or tie it onto someone and it has an audio, you know, feature as well. So any you know, noise they make, either you know,
0: I think the feature is either loud or soft that will set the electricity off. You know. So so vibrator creates pleasure, electricity, pain. You could have both. Yeah, you can. I'm I'm a sadist, so I'm
2: more on, on the pain side. I'm like, Viber, you could do that on your own. <laughs> Let's talk about torture.
0: Well, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I think that we should just segue right into Jenna torture. Why are people into Jenna torture? What? Would you want to define what that is? It's not torturing someone named Jenny. <laughs> but
2: I think... You know genital torture in general um, I think that's the play on you know pain and pleasure right Mm -hmm. and I think those kind of sensors for pain and pleasure so are interrelated and we see that all the time when you know if you have an orgasm like right after that orgasm you're so sensitive that if you keep going it's actually painful totally and I think a lot of people have those kind of sensors of you know, torturing your genitals is actually, it kind of builds into pleasure eventually. I think that's the beautiful part.
0: Yeah, and the genitals are a very emotionally vulnerable part yeah. of the body for many of us. And so, whereas being, being, experiencing sadomasochistic pain on a different part of your body that might be really... The sensation might be really intense, but the emotion associated with it, y- you might just be able to control it more, whereas yeah. with with the face and the junk, we, <laughs> <laughs> we, we tend to just have reactions that we didn't know were there. And sometimes we like store emotions there, and then they're like released by pain, which can be good and can sometimes be too intense. You're playing with fire.
2: For me, also you know, because I tend to torture men more than women. Um, And why not? (laughs) It's, you know, it represents so much power, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The dick, you mean? No, like the idea of like taking something a man holds so dear and using it against them, something that brings them so much pleasure to the point where sometimes they don't, (laughs) Think <laughs> straight. Sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> just a little. Um, and then kind of using that against them in different ways. And it doesn't have to be torture in the sense of actual pain, but, you know, just f- uh, pleasure, using pleasure against them, where you kind of take their pleasure to a point where they're so stimulated, it becomes just unbearable. Mm. You know, where they're like, I'd rather you kick me in the balls right now then arouse me to this point where I can't
0: handle it. That's beautiful. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're an artist. <laughs> Ryan, what about you? How do you feel about uh, torturing junk? God. I <laughs> I
1: I feel great about it, (laughs) Tina. I feel so good about it. Um, I think we're I think we're kind of on the same page, Lucy. Um, I like I really enjoy sex based play, but there are very few orgasms involved because I live for bringing you like right to that edge and then switching to something that's just like devious like I'm you know, maybe giving you this like delicious handjob and you've forgotten the like 30 rubber bands that are also like wrapped around your cock and like right at that moment when you're like really, really enjoying yourself is when you're gonna feel them like start to snap. Um, Or when like the violet, like when everything's real like slobbery and wet is when like the violet wand is gonna come back into play. Um,
0: Will you uh, tell everyone what the violet wand is?
1: Um, the violet wand is this um, like static electricity toy that you kind of hover over somebody's body, and it sends little zaps of electricity um, that are very safe and um, really tingly feeling. I kind of compare it to like the sensation of getting tattooed, but turned down like mm-hmm. many many notches, unless you crank the thing up. Um, and there are, depending on the like brand of wand that you pick up there are different attachments you can use that make your own body the conductive element so then you have your fingertips or your tongue um, being the thing that's delivering the like zappy sensation and it's not zapping when you're making contact with um, the other person's body so if you're you know touching them um, in some nice way they're not feeling it but as soon as you let go and hover just enough that you're kind of like a centimeter from their skin, all of a sudden you have this like little jolt of electricity between you and them. You basically, um, get
0: to like be a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Sex wizard. Listen, I am, I've said it before and I've said it again. I am wizard sexual, so <laughs> 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 it works out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, but please go on. Yeah, no, I mean, that can be, you know, uh, really delicious or r- just absolutely agonizing especially the longer you carry on with something like that um (laughs) ruining somebody's orgasm is also something that i really enjoy ruin orgasms are the best Uh, (laughs) you know i I have
0: i have orgasm control here but i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) you guys just went there you just went there Oh, uh, ruining orgasm. What does it mean to ruin an orgasm? <laughs>
2: it means exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no like if, ands or buts about it. It's like getting you right when you orgasm and like squeezing your balls really <laughs> hard. Or, you know, I love that electricity. I love using electricity for exactly that and just turning that dial up. Um, or getting someone to masturbate, but you know their hand is on a like a leash and right when they come pulling it away and then like it's kind of like hasn't really been finished so it just oozes out and then they're kind of like that was just like a shitty like 10% orgasm <laughs> but it was enough where they have to still wait hours before they can have an orgasm
0: again hmm. so this is all of this is is a what's what's the pleasure that you take in this as a top that the the control the the denial the the tease and denial yeah the tease and deny
2: but it's also knowing that this person is going to sit there and think about you for hours and hours because they didn't get the satisfaction and so it's like they're waiting to get the satisfaction later on when they physically can and and I want to know that after a session, you're thinking about me for a really long time, obsessing.
1: Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I I don't want to generalize because, like, not all men or whatever. <laughs> but one of the <laughs> one of the things that like I just really enjoy about like playing with. Uh, A man in particular in this way someone who like identifies as a man and like especially if they like also have a cock attached to them is that you know I don't know at least for me growing up like I heard this phrase all the time like oh he only wants one thing or like they're only interested in you to get this thing and lots of times like that thing is like you as the vehicle to their orgasm right Right. like this Mm -hmm. like man is gonna like like not see you as a person but see you as a fantasy object and plug you into the fantasy that they have pre-programmed and like get a desired outcome from that and then they're going to move on to the next um and i mean okay like not not whatever not everybody but there are like enough (laughs) there are enough real life experiences at least that i've had to speak for myself that like line up with that that have given me this um notion to like go out there and like Balance the scales a little bit or to like just take that opportunity away from people, especially like as a trans and non binary person who like doesn't really pass a lot of the time. Like, I meet a lot of people who, like me personally, will like read me in a particular way and plug me into like what that means in relation to them and their life. Um, That often like doesn't feel good to me. And so, having the opportunity to have someone voluntarily, consensually, maybe even for money ideally. (laughs) allow me to plug them into my fantasy. Um, My fantasy, you know, has grown to become deciding the fate of what happens to your dick and, like, if it orgasms, it's not gonna be a great one and there's gonna be, like, a long road to get there and I am, like, in control of that and deciding that and, like, making it take as long as I want and, like, leaving you as, like, unsatisfied as you want so that you don't have the ability to just, like, plug me into your stupid pre-programmed, like idea like we're doing you know you signed up to like to be on the ryan show and like that's you know that's what's going to happen um where
0: can we (laughs) sign up to be on the ryan (laughs) show that
1: is my that's my other name i'll tell you later
0: (laughs) um that mm, that's so that's so nice i really like that a lot so it seems like the subject of jenna torture went sort of like directly to a cock and ball torture place which is great but I also am wondering if we can talk a little bit about torturing pussies because I think that we 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 tend we tend to think about cock and ball torture because it is just fun to imagine putting men in their place like (laughs) I'll just know not to put too fine a point on it and I think that the image of the dominatrix often has to do with ball busting and even like you know, like you were saying, growing up with terms like they only want one thing, you know, thinking of terms like ball buster or thinking of terms like cock tease, right? Um, yeah. It is kind of nice to claim those for ourselves and be like, this is what this is actually gonna look like, not somebody else's sort of derisive statement of what it means. And so then I think that people assume that pussies like, only like to be, like, pet, like, and stroked, like, really nicely. Mine and does. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm not knocking nice stroking. <laughs> but some, some people really uh, like a, a lot of pain uh, on their vulvas and vaginas. And uh, we don't talk about that enough, I think. So can we talk about it?
2: Yeah, I, w- I will say my opinion on this. Just because... I have, you know, as a pro-dom, as like a sadist, as what a, you know, a very extreme alpha. I do not do well torturing women. Really? I actually feel uncomfortable because I want them to torture men (laughs) like I'm always just like how do I turn you (laughs) and I do see couples though Um, and when I see couples I do enjoy playing with couples and showing them how to dominate each other and I've definitely have some experience dominating women but it is an area that that personally I feel a little uncomfortable with because I'm such a like Female supremacist in a lot of I've ways. What is that about you? Yeah, where are? <laughs> <laughs> what are your
0: best qualities? <laughs>
2: <laughs> where and you
0: know? For but what, what if? But, 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 but you, can w- be, yes. you can be. you could be a dominant and be a masochist at the same time. Yes, right? like, and
2: that's the thing is like for other people and for you know girlfriends who want to be dominated. And I've have at play you know play parties kind of dominated some of my girlfriends um, more very aggressively and very in the, like, Daddy Lucy way.
0: Um,
2: But I'm never, like, torturing their vagina. And I think it's a personal thing, too, because I am just, like, my vagina likes to be treated like a queen. (laughs) And I, like, it petted nicely and attended to very nicely. No, like... Poking and no, no biting, slapping. no slapping. Do not no spit, clothespins. Do not spit on her. Like she doesn't like any of that. <laughs> and so I think that is what ends up happening. But when I do play with women, I'm very communicative with them because I want them. A lot of times, I want women to have such a really good. A lot of times, are seeing a dominant woman because they feel safer. Than seeing like a male dominant, mm. and they want to, in a safe space, experience domination from someone that thinks like a woman in the sense that I will ask her how she's feeling or how this is going, and I'm not gonna, you know, go so extreme. And it, it's just a lot more sensual in a lot of ways. Um, I do have a female client that I see who's a pretty big masochist, like, and, um, she's kind of taught you know even though i've taught her a lot because she's never been dominated before in turn she's really taught me a lot too like when she gives me the okay to like go there awesome you know and she loves marks and and so that has made me a lot more comfortable because that's something she doesn't she doesn't necessarily can fully get I guess, from her husband, because, you know, he loves her, and he's just kind of like, you know, I'm not comfortable going that far, you know, but with me, she can be, she feels safe to go that far, and so, I mean, I've definitely done clamps. She loves paddles on her, you know, on her clit, like, heavy, heavy paddling, and extreme bondage, like, with rope, and just, like, lifting, lifting her almost Mm, like like, stretching yeah suspension wise like you know upwards um, and extreme like vibrator torture where you just kind of leave it on and let it go like for hours like I think I burned a toy out I was just like you just like broke my toy (laughs) your vagina broke my toy (laughs) and I mean women have a higher pain tolerance they do they have much higher pain tolerance than men And it's really kind
0: of amazing. Well, that's so interesting. You know, I mean, I I love pain on my genitals, and it doesn't really, it doesn't necessarily make me feel submissive. Like I can feel like that's the way that this queen wants to be treated. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's really just a matter of taste, I guess. And but preference.
2: You know, even as a top, you know, some people are like, well, you're a sadist. You should want to, this person's asking to be tortured. And I was like, I have my boundaries too. And, yeah. And Sadists it just have boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> and true. so that's something that I know makes me a little uncomfortable because of my own kind of views on my, you know, femininity. Mm-hmm. So I tread that kind of lightly because I'm pressing on my sensitivities. And I know that that's purely mine. it has nothing. I don't judge any female who wants to take pain or wants to be submissive or any of that. like you should you know play those play what you enjoy for me it's just it presses on my own
0: sensitivities. that totally makes sense. I'm wondering what you think about all this, Ryan
1: yeah it's it's definitely resonating with me. Um, I you know I have. I have definitely at times felt really uncomfortable with the notion of um, being sadistic specifically with women and with other trans folk. Mm. Um, I do find that I have an easier... (laughs) An easier time being sadistic with cis people than with like other trans people, um, and you know it doesn't take a lot that's of unpacking. Of I know, <laughs> I know. It doesn't take a lot of unpacking for me to figure out like what that's about. Um, but the place that the like route that has allowed me to kind of come into um, those types of play. Um, in the spaces where I'm particularly playing with girls, and both, like, girls who have cocks and, like, girls who have pussies, right? Like, there, sure. I have, like, lady playmates who have cocks and balls, and the way that I torture them, like, comes from a different emotional place for me and looks kind of different um, from when I'm torturing a cock attached to a cis man, um, but is in this place of um, service sadism, yeah. um, where I'm not necessarily even dominating you, um, but I know that... You want like heavy impact, like atop your cunt, or want like a fist and like vibrator torture, like like for an extended (laughs) period of time, or you want like clothespins and clothesline and all of these things. Um, And I can just be sort of like I'm like your cobbler, like you're getting your shoes shined, like I'm over here like working your bits in like the way that is pleasing to you. And that's... you're like a boot black, um, yeah, I'm like a boot black, yeah, totally. Um, But you know, with impact, um, and I really like, I really appreciate playing on in various um, iterations of like the spectrum of like dominance and submission and like topping and bottoming and you know, whatever, um, because I'm able to like take these like objective skills and really kind of change the dynamic in which they happen and let this person that I'm like servicing know that like I'm giving them like a quality service um, even though it's not totally about me, not that I don't get something out of it, I definitely, definitely do. Um, <laughs> for do sure. What do you get out of it? Um, the like, the joy of manifesting a desired result, or taking someone on a journey, or something that I really personally enjoy is um, helping people test their stamina mm-hmm. and um, prove to themselves like what they can take and like meet goals that they have or goals that I set for them. Um, like, tests of endurance. Yeah, like, kind of unrelated. Like, so, uh, like a game that I really enjoy playing is, like, I'm going to give you a full face of makeup while you're kneeling on rice. Um, and I am not a makeup artist. It takes a long <laughs> time for me to do a full face of makeup. Like, we're talking, like, two hours. Like, and <laughs> not very good at it. Um, and, you know, if, like... I like accidentally slap your face and smudge your lipstick, and we have to start again. Or like, you know, whatever happens, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a process. Um, but all of these like, there are just, there are so many layers that you can build in to give somebody an experience that takes them to a place that they hoped to get to, but maybe haven't experienced before. And I really, really enjoy that, both as like as a sadist and as a kind of servicey oriented. Um, person and so finding like the right combination of those two elements depending on who I'm playing with is what allows me to to like really get on board with what somebody's looking for from me assuming that we're on the same page about being into that (laughs) but that's that's the name of the game cool many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out
0: The Pleasure Chest on 2nd Avenue in New York City is hosting some sex ed superstars this month. Midori is back teaching rope bondage sex tricks on Monday, January 29th, and Rope Control and Dominance Moves on Tuesday, January 30th. Barbara Corrales is celebrating the 10th anniversary second edition of her seminal book, Urban Tantra, Sacred Sex for the 21st Century on Thursday, January 25th. That event will include a mini workshop, refreshments, and a free massage oil when you purchase your copy of Urban Tantra. Pleasure chest workshops are a great way to meet like-minded people and to follow through on your New Year's resolution to love yourself. Now back to the show. So you mentioned something fisting just in passing and uh, so I'd, I'd like to I'd like to talk about that next. Can uh, you first of all define fisting and then tell us why people are into fisting?
1: Ryan, do you want to start? I would love to <laughs> <laughs> So fisting so fisting. <laughs> fisting fisting what is it fisting is when you put your whole fist inside somebody's orifice. And what um, shape would you make with your hand in order to do that? Would it be like a punching fist? Totally. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean... You would start... So fisting... Fisting is an art, man. Fisting is a process. Fisting is not just like... Like, choo-choo train, like, back and forth, like, in and out, like, violent, like, fist fucking. I mean, it can get to that place, but fisting is this amazing process where you convince somebody's orifice. First of all, you warm it the fuck up. Like, if you... Th- part of like one of the things that goes hand in hand with this that I really enjoy talking hand about. Hand in hand, Hand say. in Hand in um, whole. <laughs> hand in whole. One of the things that I really enjoy talking about that goes along with fisting is sponge play, which is what I call like G-spot or prostate play, mm. because they're sponges and you play with them the same way. Um, but getting somebody's sponge like really, really engorged with fluid and like really, like wet and squishy and like ready for some intense sensation is like a super important precursor to having a really successful, especially if it's, you're going for an extended um, fisting scene, like lots of like external stuff and like building up. Um, but if once you get to that point where somebody's hole is all like wet and hungry and like ready for penetration. Um, you uh, you know, you don't they start. Smile. <laughs> you don't start with your entire fist. You start with probably just a finger or two mm. and then another and then another. And then you make this kind of like duck lip yeah. looking, <laughs> fisting, fisting, right? So you've got like all of all of the pads of your fingers kind of pinched together as tight as they can off. be, right? Um, maybe your thumb is tucked. Um, and then you can just kind of start working in. and then you've got that moment that's like, The ring of fire is kind of a birthing thing, but for me, like, fisting came into my life after giving birth, so I have this, like, close association with these two things. Um, But that, like, the leap of faith, the moment of trust, where, like, you go past the knuckle, right? Where your knuckles, like, make it past somebody's pubic bone and, like, actually, like, inside their body, and then you're, like, in. And then once you're inside, you can move from your, like, duck lips um, to a closed fist and, like, actually have your fist inside their body. Um, And, that's amazing because it takes a lot of nonverbal physical convincing to. to tell a whole, like, yeah, man, you got this, like, (laughs) totally, you can, like, we believe in you, we believe in you, you can take, you can take this fist, not only can you take this fist, you're gonna like it, I like, I like talking about sponge play, because I like talking about the physiological changes that happen to people's genitals when they're really aroused, and if you're someone with a vulva, um, one of those things is that your urethral sponge, or what we call your G spot, right, gets super engorged with fluid, it's all full, it feels like, kind of feels like pressure on your bladder, kind of feels like you're going to pee, kind of feels like really hot and nice, right? And like, maybe you ejaculate, maybe you don't. Um, but also your cervix and your uterus kind of pull back like into your body and your vaginal canal like stretches itself out and elongates, which is why if you've ever like been getting fucked real, real good and you've suddenly had that feeling of like, oh, I could I could take more. I could like... I could take something bigger than what I'm taking right now. I'm a champion. I in could fact, swallow you, you whole. In
0: fact, I absolutely must. <laughs> yes, I must take I something must. bigger
1: immediately. Immediately, right? Or right. I will die. Yes, <laughs> um, that feeling. That feeling is like a place that you have to get your body to. Ooh, you're not. Um, Oh, Whoa. that was so sad. This you're not there. <laughs> this thing is making you so excited. So excited. Spilling wine. It's healthy. So excited. The it's red, healthy. the red, the red, too. <laughs> you're, um, luckily, it's you're be, wearing it's all dark okay. colors. So I know. Um, but anyway... Yeah. So your body right like gets to this place where it's like really receptive and really like primed to take something big and you feel it. You feel it in your cunt, you feel it in your gut. You're like, Oh yeah, like I could take this fist and like the person who's fisting you then has to like recognize that point and like know exactly when to go for it. It can't be too soon. It can be later, like you can always like draw things out, but it can't be too soon Um, because a cunt that gets anxious is probably going to like tense up and then things are going to be uncomfortable. And then you have like, goddamn, you have your whole fist inside somebody and you could potentially seriously injure them that way if you wanted to, but you don't want to. You don't want to. Um, You want to like gently like rotate it around or like like wriggle it like back and forth or just kind of jiggle it against all their sponges and it's amazing it's like 360 degrees of pressure and firmness and all the delicious things that make sponges feel good um, and it's also in my experience, a great way to facilitate multiple orgasms because when you're having those intense contractions of orgasm, there's a fist in the way and you can't close up all the way and things are kind of kept open and stretched and stimulated. Um, So you have the opportunity to kind of keep going and going and going and I I mean, damn, like I think maybe fisting is my fetish.
0: Well, that, yeah listen to that all day. Luckily, I have recorded this and can listen to it whenever I want. (laughs) Tina's going to go home, listen to this, and masturbate. (laughs) Maybe that's why I do this podcast. So, Lucy, what are your your thoughts on fisting?
2: Fisting is one of my favorites. Oh, Um, coincidence. So, I do a lot of anal fisting. Oh,
0: so there are other holes that you can put fist in. There is. (laughs) There (laughs) is. Amazing.
2: Anal fisting, so I love the, so I got these, um, these things called breeder gloves. (laughs) They're actually,
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, they're, (laughs) Ah, only straight people are allowed to use them. (laughs) <laughs> they're,
2: uh, they are gloves that you have to order from, like, farm... Oh,
0: they're vet gloves. Yeah, they're vet like gloves. Like for breeding animals. Yes.
2: Right. But they are the perfect fisting glove because mm. they go all the way up and, like, I'll cut them because sometimes they're too high and I'm not getting my arm all the way up are there. Are they latex? No. They're just like a plastic, and then you do, like, I'll do another plastic over, you know, another glove over that. Oh, but cool. it just helps for, like, deep, deep fisting, mm. like, especially if I go through, like, a second sphincter, and I'm, like, in there. Um, fisting's my favorite because it's so intense and it's so extreme. And from a lot of people I talk to, the reason why they like anal fisting is that filling, uh, feeling of fullness mm-hmm. more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because it's such a, a sort of weird taboo, like it's kind of on the edgier side of anal play. Why do you think that is? I mean, it's a whole fist. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, why do I think it's on the, or why they enjoy it? Or why do well, I consider it? I'd love you
0: to speak to both, but I, I, I am, I'm always... <laughs> curious about why certain things are taboo and have <sighs> shame or disinformation surrounding
2: them. Maybe because of just the sheer size, you know, the idea of like, you know, you're it's not a, you know, an item that people think should go in mm-hmm. like a penis or a vibrator or something like that. And it's because it's just this big, you know, it, it's your hand. Um,
0: I mean, I think it's homophobia. Do you think it's? Yeah, I mean, it's, you're not, and like in general, like kink phobia and like pervert phobia and like phobia of anything that like uh that you know that isn't that isn't about breeding yeah and like making you know more christian soldiers right because you can't yeah i mean i make a christian soldier so with a fist in someone's ass yes.
2: well i think it has to do definitely like anal play for men in general if you don't identify as gay or you know whichever is for kind of men who consider themselves straight, you know, heterosexual, cis males, being doing anything with the ass is always like a problem, you know, in society's eyes. So, um, I think you know, for people who actually like it, it's it's a physical, you know, they physically like the feeling of fullness, your prostate's there. Um, I know a lot of men, that's the only way that they're able to have, like, a prostate orgasm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, of course, there's definitely a power dynamic and a control and just the, you know, the uh, cerebral, like, you know, feeling of, you know, that you know of just the pervertedness of it and I use the word perverted in a very positive way because I'm a total pervert and I you know I'm very much into like shoving random stuff in people's butts you know where I'm like can I put this in you (laughs) Um, so I have actually fisted many people and been the first like when i find out that someone hasn't been fisted, I always like to be the first. Oh, your eyebrows just (laughs) totally... (laughs) I want to be the first to fist you. (laughs) Um, Double fisting, footing is also...
0: Can you uh, describe what footing is?
2: Putting your foot in someone's ass or vagina, if you can. I've never tried that, but I've almost... I have a really big feet, though, so I don't know if it's possible, you know, but I have... I have a size 39 foot, which is big, but I have facilitated getting a friend's smaller foot into someone's ass, because she has a size 5 foot, and I was like, I need you, and she was like, why? And I was like, I need to put your foot in someone's butt, and she was like, oh, okay, (laughs) and so we like maneuvered it, and we totally got it in, and it was magical. Awesome. um, no, there isn't any pictures, unfortunately. Well, you'll have to
0: just describe it in detail to me later.
2: Yeah, but fisting is something I've kind of talked about. You know, fisting is not something that's easy. There's a lot of preparation. There's, you know, enemas that need to be done. Mm. There, you know, it takes time. Um, I will, you know, I prefer to use a lot of Crisco because I feel like it really, like, lubricates the whole area. Classic. Um, but I've done... You know, I've done kind of lubricated enemas so that internally everything is lubricated so that you can kind of easily go in. And then um, people don't really, like I've taught a lot of women how to fist. um, A lot of doms how to fist and just understanding that you can't just like pull out you know because you can cause a suction and then innards become outards oh. and then it's a big problem. <laughs> and so just kind of the whole art form of fisting of slowly getting in and slowly preparing and you know moving in and sometimes you can't like I've had a lot of um, I've had a lot of people where the goal is to get fisted, but we've had play times where I'm just like, I don't think you're ready today Mm. you know even after playing where I'm just kind of like no it's not gonna like give you know so let's let's try next you know let's try some inflatables there's always next time there's always goals to go to (laughs) um but yeah it's one of my favorite activities if I could fist everyone I would (laughs)
0: Wow. <laughs> Do you have a, a list that people can sign up? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think a lot of people know I'm a fister. I feel like I've, you know, back in the day at the house, people were like, go to Lucy if you want to get fisted. <laughs> and I was just like,
0: yep. It's a great reputation. Yeah, and
2: I taught so many, like, prodoms how to fist. So I think I have a fisting
0: reputation. Awesome. <laughs> so when we were talking earlier you you actually you texted me earlier today (laughs) Lucy um, and 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 pleaded with me not to forget (laughs) something and then you you sort of described something and then that image was like burned in my mind forever (laughs) so so I'm gonna I'm gonna frame it like this why are people into dirty panties
2: oh the dirty panty um I, there are so many reasons why I think for you know for men specifically who you know prescribe to the female dominant um, you know female panties represent kind of her essence right mm-hmm. and anything she produces is wonderful even if it's pussy crust you know and then there are those who enjoy the idea of you know dirty panties soiled in the way that you know she had sexual partners Mm -hmm. and so then that can fall into a more cuckolding sort of fantasy as well and then there are those who just who like the humiliation and possibly the degradation of having to clean really dirty panties you know because it's filth um and then there's those who actually just enjoy you know kind of dirty things and they don't find it humiliating they don't find it degrading they love body odor they Mm. love scents they Mm. love fluids um, and they just like human you know human you know fluids in general and so then there's that as well Um, and I think you know when you look into kind of like the Japanese and you know culture of like dirty panties because you actually can, you can buy, buy them in a vending machine. Yeah. true? Yes, you yeah. can buy them in vending machines, but they represent innocence, you know, mm. like um, and a lot of times they're white panties or they're panties with flowers on them. They're not like a a lacy thong that represents like a 35-year-old woman. It's like a 12-year-old girl and so there's the perversion of that, right? This innocent girl who may be kind of coming into her womanhood and mm. her body's producing certain things. But are
0: those are those panties? How are they manufactured? What
2: I don't know. I actually <laughs> do vacuum seal my dirty panties. Oh yeah. So tell <laughs> us
0: about tell us about your vacuum sealing dirty <laughs> panties.
2: So I actually was like, I need a vacuum sealer because I'm very like organized <laughs> about these things, and so I didn't want to just like put dirty panties in a ziplock. I didn't like aesthetically how it looked. And so I asked for a vacuum sealer, and a slave had uh, bought me one. And I didn't say why I needed the vacuum sealer, but many assumed it was for food. (laughs) It has never been used for food. It has only been used to, (laughs) one night I was just vacuum sealing panties, that's all I was doing. dirty dirty panties and I put the date on them and sometimes I put an R if I was like on my period right. so for red you know and um, and I sell them but
0: and where do you store them in my apartment <laughs>
2: Half the th- I always tell people nowadays because I have a play space it's much more safe in my apartment but Back in the day, I'm like, do not open anything, <laughs> because there'd be like, dildos coming out. There was just all kinds of stuff everywhere. So now, I don't actually have much, but I I have my dirty panties stored there. It's my, like, midnight therapy to vacuum seal panties. Well, if
0: you <laughs> we need a hand, that sounds really fun.
2: <laughs> I know. I shouldn't be saying this, because then my slaves are just going to, like, try to... Scurry Get through. that job. It goes scary through my like drawers to find them.
0: <laughs> but so Ryan,
1: dirty <sighs> panties. Jeez. Um, well, let me just tell you my dirty panties story. I wish. You um, would. <laughs> when I was a baby hoe, I um, I had this client who that that was their fetish. They really wanted my dirty panties, and at first we were only. Um, Meeting up for drive-bys. The request was that I would wear the panties for three days before we would meet. Um, and that, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, man, like unreason. I was not being paid enough for yeah. that. Um, and I had too much hustle for that. So um, at first, when we were just doing drive-bys and I didn't have to wear the panties to the meet, I was just supposed to wear the panties for multiple days, you know, I was. Um, lazy and busy and desperate so what I would do instead was in my kitchen that morning mix a bowl of egg whites and like (laughs) a single drop of bleach and like a little bit of vinegar and a little bit of salt and like mix it up and like soil the panties and like put them in a bag. And he did not know, no. um, for the <laughs> they longest, they don't know the longest time, the longest time. And then what,
0: what did he get? Salmonella or something? <laughs> no,
1: no. He got greedy, man. He got greedy and then he wanted <laughs> us to meet up for these sessions where You know, I would take the panties off in front of him, and he always wanted me to wear my, like, school clothes, right? Because I was 18, and I was, like, a freshman in college, and I, like, looked young and whatever. Um, And he wanted me to wear, like, a white flowery skirt and, like, a blouse and, like, not look like a hooker, like, according to him. Um, Right. Right, which was impossible because I was a hooker, so (laughs) whatever I was wearing, that was what was going on. But... um, again like I could never I could just never quite manage the discipline to or the like it just like didn't fit with my personal care routine to wear the same panties for three days and to like masturbate in them and um, he knew that I had a partner and he really wanted that partner to like come inside me and then it to like leak into the panties but little did he know that my partner was trans and like was not capable of ejaculating So instead, I would like put on a pair of panties right before I would have to go see him and like furiously masturbate in them and like try to like, you know, get them like dirty ish um, before I would go to these sessions and then like ceremoniously take them off in front of that in front of him. And he would give me a new pair of panties to wear for the next like number of days until we saw each other again, which I would immediately like take off and put in the glove compartment in my car um, because they were hideous and uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, that went on for about a year, um, before I, before I moved away, but he never, you know, it really was just me like facilitating this fantasy for him because the variation of smells that he must have come into contact with based on the like many different formulas of dirty panty that I was creating for him is just like ridiculous. So ridiculous. So what
0: do you think he was in it for?
1: Um, I think he... He really enjoyed. He would like I would when we were meeting up in a room um, rather than like driving by. I would take off the panties and he would smell them and he would feel them. And he definitely had like like a a cuckolding element going on where he loved the idea that I had like been with somebody else and like this person who I was like in like a situation of mutual care with that he was like outside of and Ooh. like just. Um, taking in like all of those scents like he didn't i don't think that he felt um submissive in the context of like consuming (laughs) my dirty panties but he definitely loved the smell and he loved the um the idea of getting like the essence of me like all up in his face um
0: did he use the word essence? Yes, yes. <laughs> he used did he the use the word essence over and over? <laughs> he again? did.
1: He totally did. He totally did. Um, but yeah, I think he was just really fixated on the smell and the texture and the and receiving this like totem mm-hmm. of like my like soiled panty that was saved specially for him or like you know cured for him.
0: <laughs> cured, prepared. So do you have any interest in dirty panties? Or was that a purely professional transactional? Uh,
1: Um, I really enjoy stuffing someone's own dirty panties into their mouth. Like while I'm playing with them, Um, I like, I I am someone who's really into fluids and scents. Like I love like a good sweaty armpit or like, you know, your dirty pants. I like enjoy the, I enjoy the smell. Um, I like, that relationship didn't do anything for me, um, and it got kind of intense uh, at the end in a way that I didn't really appreciate. Um, I, you know, because when I'm having an experience with someone, I like for it to be genuinely mutual, sure. um, If it's especially if it's not, like, a transactional relationship. Like, if it's someone that I'm playing with for our own, like, mutual pleasure, I like to know that we're both present and experiencing the same thing, and, like... Into these same things. So if I'm like appreciating the way that your undies smell because you've like dripped all over them or whatever, I like if you can share in that and like feel maybe a little like. Flustered or made uncomfortable by that, like that's something that I enjoy because a lot of a lot of us with bodies that produce smells have been taught to be like ashamed of those smells or to hide them or to cover them up or to wash them away or, you know, whatever, whatever. So to be like, no, you have a smell. Here it is. Smell it. Taste it. Isn't it great? Like it's so delicious. And now I'm gonna like pull more of that out of you. Like that totally does it for me. Mm. Um, (laughs) But I don't. I don't know that you would find me at like an anonymous panty vending machine. Like.
0: So it's about the person's yeah.
1: essence. I like my own I'm like
2: I like my own panties. Half the time I'll be like, Hmm.
0: Yeah. Smells interesting. Oh,
2: <laughs> you know? yeah. Like I'll smell my stuff all the time. I like never wear deodorant. I you know, smell my armpits all the time. I'm like, I smell good today. <laughs> and but smells are really interesting. They're very I mean, I think they're very just primal. And I think that's the big interest is the primalness of all the smells and all the things we secrete and produce. Um, I think it makes people feel primal, and I think that's a very big reason why they're into it too.
0: Isn't scent the sense that is most associated with memory, or has the most yeah. powerful evocation yeah. of memory? I yeah. Think. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll like take somebody's panties off and then like enjoy smelling the panties and like they're right there, but I'm like going to town on the panties for a (laughs) while like before I'm even like going to the source. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's something about the combination of like cotton and like secretion that, I don't know.
1: It's the touch, the feel. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Exactly. (laughs) It's the magic. (laughs) I don't know, I like it. And you know what it does, it feels pervy.
2: Feels pervy. Panties feel pervy, especially. You know. And like
0: smelling, like smelling something, yeah, feel like it feels pervier than tasting it. Yeah. Or looking at it.
2: Yeah, definitely. I would say that. Yeah. I know we did talk about um, kind of the cuckolding. Oh yeah, we can as talk as about why people. As are a topic, as uh, because I don't think it is a topic a lot of people discuss, and it's a big one.
0: Well, and now there's this. Political association with like what a cuck I- is that is like somewhat based on the fetish, but at this point I think has kind of reached several iterations where people are using it and they don't know their history, man. Of the cuckold C- cultural appropriation, um, but uh, yeah. So can so can you define cuckolding? Do you guys want to define it?
2: Well. Um, you know usually it is you know a male in a marriage mm. uh, um, a female and a and a husband um, and You know, usually she is allowed to kind of sexually explore in however way she wants, and he is not. But it's not done where she's dominating him necessarily of like you can't, it's also his desire to just see her happy and wanting her fulfilled, Um, and he's kind of restricted to not getting sexual pleasure at all sometimes. or unlimited sexual pleasure so
0: like he might be put in a situation where he like the fantasy is that he's being forced to watch his wife sleep with someone else or he might have to stay at home while she's on a date with someone else and then she might come home with I don't know dirty panties uh, (laughs) with like some other man's come leaking out of her pussy into the panties, and then she's got shoving it in his face, literally rubbing it in his face. Yeah. Uh, and then there's uh, there tends to be a lot of like this other person can satisfy me better than you can. Yeah. This other person has a bigger dick. This other the person bull. the bull. The yeah. Well, the bull is also like <laughs> the idea of the bull is very. It's a lot of yeah. very racist connotations yeah. as well. So like that doesn't that doesn't have to be yeah but but it's more about
2: her sexually exploring and him not getting sexually you know not him not being allowed to be sexually satisfied while she's allowed to be sexually satisfied in whatever means she wants um and i think there's you know there's There's kind of like, for those who are in cuckold relationships or have fantasies around cuckolding, like there's sometimes a ceremony, you know, the Mm. ceremony of getting your, your, you know, your person prepared. So sometimes it's bathing her and combing her hair and getting her ready for the date Mm. or preparing the bed and making it beautiful and having wine out and putting, you know, flowers down so that when she brings her... You know her sexual conquests, home, everything is nice, and you may not be around for that at all. You may Which be in another room. Which is humiliating, right? Yeah. You're like
0: doing all of the prep, but then you don't get a featured yeah. role. Yeah.
2: Yeah. In the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, and maybe she's kind enough to allow you to sit there and watch but a lot of times you're just in another room, maybe cleaning still and preparing the meal. Uh, just so for
0: example, <laughs> did you read that somewhere?
2: No. I was <laughs> <laughs> just saying, and, you know, if I had to do
0: it. <laughs> what if it was like in, I don't know, like a, like a cage, <laughs> just like there in the room, being forced watch I mean, and listen?
2: I have a lot of cuckold fantasies. Oh. I enjoy cuckolding and have cuckold, you know, people I've dated before. Um, some of the furniture in my apartment is sort of strategically gone for that purpose. Like, a human body can easily fit under my bed. And I've tied a boyfriend under while playing with somebody else on oh top.
0: Oh, God, that's really hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and
2: you know, I was telling you, like, my freezer is always filled with, like, you know, cum from men that I've slept with. And I'm like, hey, I'm gonna take that condom filled of cum so I can use it later on for somebody else. So they're like, okay.
0: So you basically have like a serial killer freezer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, because I have like blood, <laughs> uh, used cum, you know, condoms, uh, vials of blood, period blood, um, old tampons like you don't want to know what's in my
0: freezer my freezer is like filthy you want to know (laughs) know?
2: (laughs) but you know for me I love that idea of kind of using you know I always collect you know for the most part I try to always collect the the come from you know people I sleep with and you know save (laughs) it and use it (laughs) and use it and I actually had an ex that you know we were dating and he knew i was like hey can i like save this and he was like you know i got consent i wasn't just taking this on the dl i was actually asking and then we broke up but we were still close and uh, i was like hey can you masturbate and save me a bunch of your cum and he was like okay and just had no issues he was totally vanilla and he would like freeze it and then we'd meet up and he'd hand me a little like freeze packy with everything in it I'm like thanks and then have a coffee and go put it back in my freezer (laughs) and it was just you know normal hangout right um I think so yeah and so I you know I and I use them in You know, I use them in my scenes all the time, like, for humiliation, for degradation, for cuckolding scenes, or just punishment, reward. Some people see it as a reward. Oh, sure. To be able to, like, have a condom that was in my vagina in their mouth, you know, like, that's a total reward. But I, like, collect dirty dirty
0: things. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) So... What's in your freezer? right? <laughs> I mean, why are people into cuckolding?
1: Actually, this is this has kind of led me down the path of really wanting to talk about why people are into cum. Oh, um, sure. Can we go there, or yeah. do course, you want to say yeah. more about cuckolding? Yeah. Um, let's, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, with just all this, all of this talk about like the both punishment and reward and all of the things that like cum represents, and um, something that God, I struggle with sometimes is um, like. Using the condom at all. Um, you know, and the like the intense like fetishization of ejaculation specifically, um, and like come like inside of you or on you, or like all the different places and all the different like theatrics that we like Mm. plan into how we're gonna use it and what we're gonna do with it and what um, it just has me like mulling over like what that is about and why it's so goddamn like if you think about it the like mechanics of like fucking someone and them like coming inside you or on you like that is not like super super different from like what you're gonna do if you're using a condom and like how that's gonna go but for whatever reason for some folks like having like bareback sex versus having like safer sex or whatever. Um, can be, like, such an intense degree of, like, psychological difference and maybe it's the difference between one of those partners, like, having an orgasm or not. Um, And I guess, like, I don't know, the things that immediately come to mind thinking about that are, like, risk and um, the, like, thrill of doing something that you're not supposed to do, but also um, the notion and this, like, I don't know, for me ties, like, nicely into, like, thoughts about female supremacy but being so completely like desirable and irresistible that it's impossible to not just like come where you're not supposed to or when you're not supposed to or in a way that you're not supposed to um and yeah i don't know i just you've got like these these like jizz wheels turning in my in my brain right (laughs) now
2: is it sticky yeah. Well, at me? first,
1: o- only after like first, it's like warm and slippery, right? Yeah. It's, like real nice. Um, and then it's cold and sticky and crusty. full of regret and expensive <laughs> birth control. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, on that crusty note, we have a little bit more time. Does anybody have a yes? Could you talk about um, lips? lips? whips whips are you okay with your voice being on the cool so the question is i mean we could talk about lips too it's so many different kinds uh but no we're going to talk about why are people into whips Ryan, do you want to do you want to take this one
1: um i'll start sure um so First of all, I think that like when you think about like BDSM or kink in general, whips are one of the first things that like cut images, that touchstones that like come to mind, right? Um, like a, a, a sexy dom and like super high heels and maybe they're wearing latex, but almost certainly like whip in hand, yeah. right? Is this image that, um, that we're all used to. So there's definitely this association with like kinky sex and with taboo and with Um, the like blurring of pain and pleasure that comes just with the notion of the whip Um, but then when you're talking about the incorporation of like the whip itself whether that's something with like many tails like a flogger or like a single tail um, you know the lines right we were talking before about like layering sensations and building um, building sensations to like produce lots of stamina um once your body is at that like place in your arousal cycle where you're like you're not at rest you're past interest you're like into some type of stimulation and you're starting to like build towards maybe orgasm or maybe just like a, a climax of some sort um and your hormones are changing and your blood is flowing and you've got all these like endorphins going on it there's sort of a an, like an analgesic effect that's like going on like your capacity to withstand pain in moments of pleasure is greater than it is when your body is at rest and so the like the very sensation of the impact of the whip in the context of like Having kinky sex is really different than it would be if somebody just like came up to you on the street and like snapped a whip at you, right? Um, and that York, like
0: anything could happen.
1: It could, it could. But it, but it you know you would probably turn around and like punch that person in the face, like certainly, certainly. <laughs> certainly. It was only natural. Um, but the incorporation of these like different elements that at the same time as they can kind of distract from your pathway towards orgasm. And I know I like talk about orgasm a lot, which is not by any means the end all be all of any kind of like sex or kinky play. Um, but for a lot of us, is something that happens like either intentionally or unintentionally when we are engaging like nakedly with another person. Um, it can right. It can distract from that pathway at the same time as it can build towards it by elongating like the route there. And the longer you take to get to your desired end, the more intense that end is, right? Um, and then for me. Um, the incorporation of a whip or some type of like impact toy is a fun exercise in like proving to myself and also my top or my bottom whatever like what I can what I can take and what I can do for them and how totally deserving I am of the spoiling or the punishment um that's gonna come that either is represented by the whipping or that's gonna come um after I take it um yeah let me just kind of seal that (laughs) that there
0: well, I want to tell just a quick story, which is that I've been single-tailing people for a long time, but I've like usually like in a in a room, like often rooms like smaller than here, like you know dungeons, and um, I've never really practiced making the crack sound. And then a couple of weeks ago, a friend of ours uh, hosted like a wi- a like a whip picnic. Uh, in Prospect Park, and uh, and just brought a bunch of whips, and there was this like beautiful like cornucopia of um, wine and cheese and stuff laid out, and we were in uh, I forget what it's called, but there's this like almost sort of like Grecian um, structure on the east side of Prospect Park, and and just um, just like hanging out with a bunch of like planes closed, kinky people like. Cracking whips and like people are jogging and like <laughs> horses are going by, you know, and, and people are just like, oh, it's some circus thing. Like, you know, I, anyway, I love New York City, but uh, that was really fun. And it was the you know, I, I learned how to like like make the Indiana Jones uh, bullwhip crack. And uh, it was really fun. I would like to do it more. So if anybody yeah. wants to not only get whipped in the park, but have a loud, scary sound, I can do that now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Because I had just left before you were. We were like, we inter- like ships yeah. In high, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. What do you think about whips?
2: whips. My fave. <laughs> Everything's, Everything's your my fave. fave. <laughs> 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 I'm insatiable. <laughs> well, you're talking about all my good things. They're like extreme pain, extreme, you know, yeah, I'm not here for really. You. <laughs> well, um, whips. You know, obviously. Is that representation of power, right? Power, pain, uh, kink, domination, like everything, like that's what a whip represents, you know, we've seen visually. But also hearing that noise is so powerful, and you know that, you know, when you hear that crack, like it's gonna hurt. Yeah, there's you're no, for. Yeah, yeah, there's no, you know, if ands butts about it and um, you know it goes into a few things some you know I know some people who just like the visuals because they can't actually take the physical sensation of it even a light version of it which there can vary no yeah if you you know if I like twirl it a certain way then you know it'll, it'll kind of feel like cat scratches uh, like the best description of a light cat scratch And then, of course, the other would be, like, as if someone just put a knife through you. (laughs) Um, And I do a lot of heavy whipping, and I do a lot of wraparounds, which, for those of you at home, is not very safe unless you're with someone who knows how to do wraparounds. They're just very painful, and you're kind of going across ribs and organs and things like that. But I do a lot of wraparounds just because I have a lot of masochists. slaves and me being a sadist and And, you know what you're doing yes hopefully i know what i'm doing (laughs) and um you know so whips you know just the feel you know i think it's a very visual sensation for a lot of people it's just seeing it and then also hearing it but then feeling it um you know, now you're into the territory of pain and pleasure, as well as those who consider themselves pain sluts or masochists who process pain differently than maybe the rest of us. And it doesn't mean you couldn't get to that. I think, I think some pain sluts and masochists are predisposed to process pain in a different way. But there are, but you can be trained to process pain correctly as much as any physical activity. You know, learning how to run through print. Pain or boxing or whatever—it works in a very similar cycle. And for a lot of people, uh, for a lot of masochists, it's not actually the pain itself; it's the endorphin rush that happens. Um, that rush is so high for them; that it's almost like, for some. I guess for maybe the norm your rush may be on like a three for them that rush is so almost like a drug that it like feels like a ten that they're willing to do whatever to get to that rush so if that means taking a heavy whipping so that they can get to that endorphin rush they'll do it you know and then their body has kind of learned and trained like oh we like this sensation so much that That, what feels like a 10 to some people, feels like a four to them because of that association and that just kind of um, what triggers one thing into another. So, most of my masochism pain sluts are more actually into that endorphin rush, so they'll take the pain to get there. They're not, you know, and then of course, it's within context and within a scene. Like, if you whipped any of my slaves and they don't belong to you, and I haven't given them to you to play with, they're not going to be happy with it, you know, and they're not going to process it the same way. But when you're in a scene and they're, you know they're devoted to you and they're serving you and then you and they know that to make you happy is to take a heavy whipping they start to you know their mind starts to process it it's their submission that starts to come into play and then it goes further and submission is actually a very powerful thing because I have a lot of people who have because their desire to submit to me and for me is so strong that even though they don't enjoy pain they will take it and they will learn to enjoy it because it brings me so much enjoyment and that's more powerful
0: well I know I always say this but I could keep doing this all night however I'm sure that you all want some time to process everything that we've talked about and get some snacks and do some shopping. So thank you all so much for coming to wire people into that live. I want to thank the Pleasure Chest for hosting us. Just a reminder, you get 15% off all of your shopping tonight and the store is open until midnight. So I want to thank, and if you guys could help me in thanking Ryan. Ryan. Ryan, can people find you on the internet anywhere?
1: Yeah. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or workshops you want to see or you really want um, Tina to keep coming back, you can find me on Twitter at fistplug. <laughs> 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 um, or um, all of our events are up on thepleasurechest.com. I'm ryan at pleasurechest.com if you want to message me like through what, email. It's, it's still a thing.
0: Email's totally still a thing. Yeah. <laughs> And next if you could all show some love for Mistress Lucy Sweetkill. Where are you on the internet?
2: Everywhere. <laughs> I am at lucysweetkill.com is my website and on Twitter at lucysweetkill and Instagram at mistresssweetkill and yeah.
0: And then what about La Maison de Rouge. And then
2: um our company is La Maison de Rouge which is on it's that on everything uh Instagram, Twitter and our website. So it's L A M A I S O N D U R O U G E. Like <laughs> spelling it out That's in my right. head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: And everybody show some love to Justine for engineering tonight. <laughs> My awesome podcast network, Acast, sponsors the engineering portion of this. So big props to Acast. And you can find out more about me at TinaHorn.net, whyarepeopleintothat.com, at tinahornsass everywhere. The next... <laughs> spelled the same as Tina Hornsass and and the next Why Are people into that live is December 7th right here in this room so hope to see you again tell your friends have a great night and thanks again